0: (laughs) Hey, everybody. uh, Welcome to our fifth live author reading of the day. I'm going to step away and let the dogs out (laughs) because they probably need to go uh, and let Ryan introduce himself, tell you a little bit about his debut novel, uh, The Sin and the Steel," which is the Fall of the Gods book one from Tor Books, which is coming up very, very soon, and have him read an excerpt. So, Ryan, take it away.
1: Awesome. Thanks, David. And big shout-out to David, by the way, who, like, literally – got 35 authors to come together on one day, which is a feat in and of itself in pandemic times even more so. But um, yeah, like, like David said, my name's Ryan Van Lone. Uh, my book is called The Sin and the Steel." Uh, it comes out July 21st from Tor Books. Um, and yeah, we're here to do a little bit of a reading. I think there's a way for you all to, uh, to leave comments if you have comments or questions and you know we can do a chat at the end here. Um, And then stick around if you can. I'm gonna be on a panel right after this with some of my agent siblings. Uh, Paul Kruger of Steel Crow Saga fame. Uh, Marina Lostetter is gonna be there, she's amazing. Um, Karen Osborne, so we have some science fiction authors in addition to fantasy authors. Uh, And it'll be a real good time. But quick, quick background about me. Um, I was in the military for uh, six years uh, in the infantry. I was in Afghanistan in 2008, Uh, I was an infantry NCO, Um, got out in 2010, and I've been a lifelong reader, started writing then, and have been writing ever since. And so this is my debut novel, but it's actually my eighth novel that I've written, and I've written 10 so far. So hopefully you like it, and let's just get get into the book a little bit. So this is um, an advanced reader copy. Uh, The book that's going to hit shelves has this really cool cover of my main protagonist on it uh, and a knife and some some pirate ships, which is kind of a pretty good intro about what the book is about. But uh, the tagline here, I don't know if you can see it on the feed. It says Heroes for Hire, if you can pay. And I think that's a really good introduction to to Buck and Eld. So uh, my main protagonist is Sam Bukina, Buck Alhara. She is uh, kind of the first private eye detective in her world, and her and her partner, Eld, who's kind of like the uh, Watson to her homes, um, at the start of this book, they kind of find themselves in a case that went south, and now they're dealing with the ramifications. So I don't want to give too much away. Um, We can just dive right in here. But again, thanks for uh, spending your Saturday evening with me. Okay. The Sin and the Steel by Ryan Van Lone chapter one. Before I learned how to read, I thought knowledge was finite, dead and decaying inside old men's skulls. Now I know the truth, that knowledge is living gold threaded through layers of dead parchment, just waiting to be mined. But while the world may be driven by knowledge, it runs on gold, the hard kind. And if my plans were to succeed, that was the kind of leverage I needed. I saw my chance, placed my wager, and took my seat at the table. For that, I was being shoved at bayonet point down a marbled hall lined with frescoes and landscapes of a 100 ports that shared a similar theme, palaces and outposts of the mighty Canada's trading company. The Imperial Guard pushed us forward at a breakneck pace. It was a wonder I didn't trip over my blood-soaked dress. I must confess, the bayonet at my back was wonderful motivation. Eld stumbled beside me, weak from the knife he'd taken in one shoulder, a knife meant for me, i tossed what I thought were loaded die only to see them come up pips, and unless the odds changed fast, we were likely to swoon for it. The Imperial Guard wouldn't look the other way like the Constabulary, and even the Constabulary wouldn't look away from a room full of dead guards and a mage whose god would be missing their magic soon enough. Not when I'd been caught holding the still smoking pistol. Maybe with enough leery? Unfortunately, I'd need as much gold as it cost to buy the palace they brought us to, and even then, the Imperial Guard doesn't bribe easily. I've tried. No one gets off with just a bribe when you've murdered a mage. Not that I, not that we had. Murdered a mage, that is. But perception was reality, and rea- reality saw us swinging before the day's sun had fully risen. A pair of heavy wooden doors that rose from floor to ceiling swung open of their own accord as we approached. I saw the hint of a muddy footprint and filed it away before the guard behind me hit me low in the back. I went down, caught up in my bloody skirts. Elb tried to catch me, then cried out when I hit his bad shoulder, and we both sprawled across the marble floor, sliding to a stop in front of a gilded table built over turnstile cabinets. I picked myself up, making it to my knees before the hard octagonal iron of a musket barrel pressed against the base of my skull and sent a chill running down my spine. (laughs) Eyes down or your brains will decorate the floor, the guard growled. I've read blood leaves a bit of a stain on marble, I said, before I could think. Eld groan beside me. The guard growled again, and I heard a pair of heels click on the floor. Lavender skirts pinned back and sewn with thread of gold swished around the table in front of us. I risked a glance up through a few errant strands that had pulled free from my loosely braided dark curls and saw a pale woman with blonde locks piled down the left shoulder of her gown, which had the sleeves covered her to the wrist, as was the latest fashion. She met my gaze with a smile that made her appear younger than she was, thin lips and no, An older woman in dark Imperial armor with crimson plumes of rank swaying atop her helm walked past us to stand beside the blonde. She moved with the loose stalking saunter that I associated with enforcers the street gangs employed. She held up, making sure we could see it, an all too familiar pistol then set it down on the table out of view. Once that was done, she crossed her gauntleted arms staring at us from eyes darker than her sun darkened face as if sizing us up. You've a need for friends, the woman in the lavender gown said. I looked up at that, expecting to see a dark room awash with lantern light glittering off the blades and saws and pincers, meant to pry the truth from our lips, whether we willed it or no. Do we now? Whatever else I meant to say caught on my tongue as my eyes finally took in the room they'd brought us to. God, guard forgotten, I looked past the woman and felt my mouth slacken. No torture table here, but something far more dangerous. A library. They'd brought us to a library? At least that's the only word our tongue has for it, but a library meted it poor justice. It was labyrinth-like, and its shelves that rose from floor to ceiling and wall to wall, with the far wall a dim specter in the distance, barely illuminated by a score or more of chandeliers. It wasn't the size of the space, but the sheer quantity of what it held that made my throat clench as if in want of water. Books, no, tones packed side by side on every shelf, sometimes stacked double in height. Everywhere my eyes turned, there was another cover and mismatched bindings and sizes and colors staring back at me. Another voice to be discovered. Another bit of information to banish my ignorance. Another morsel of magic to be consumed. 367. Even Eld hasn't read as many books as I have, and he's old. I thought myself well-read, versed in the subjects of enlightenment. But here was a treasure to beggar my meager achievements. Here was a sun to my mere pinprick in the darkness. I could spend a dozen years here and not finish. I inhaled deeply, absorbing the dusty incense into my bones and a shiver covered me in goose flesh. A dozen years. The musket barrel pressed harder against my neck, bringing me back to the reality of my situation. On my knees with a gun to my head and enough evidence painting Elden me as murderers to see us executed on the spot. You've a need for friends. I have friends, I said, trying and failing to keep my gaze from wandering across the shelves behind her. One, anyway. But I'm not sure I follow you. Oh, I think you do, Bukina, the woman said. Her late cheeks dimpled when she saw my astonishment, and she smiled again. I never know why people do that, smile. Are they amused, happy, trying to disarm? Almost certainly the last, even if some of the other emotions play into it, but it's hard for me to discern. The eyes, on the other hand, rarely lie. Hers were bright and hard and searching. For what? You were on your way to the gallows to be hung for disturbing the empress's peace, for larceny and for half a dozen counts of murder, but as a friend, I interceded on your behalf. She made a motion with her hand and the barrel against my neck disappeared. That's pleasant of you, I muttered. The guard growled yet again. Buck, Eldhist, he's polite like that. He looked pale in the lamplight. I hope that was from the shock of the arrest and not blood loss. He was the muscle and I, the brain and weak muscle was no muscle at all. Besides, he's the only soul that would call me friend. Now I can't lay claim to many years, but I've learned it doesn't pay to toss that away. Not with these stakes. Is there a name we should use to thank you, Eld asked. I try not to roll my eyes. Selena, the woman said after a moment. She arched an eyebrow. I can save you from the noose, but only if you're useful. "'Very noble,' I said. "'We're not noble, Sambucina. "'We're a trading company. "'Only a compretio.' "'Everything has its price,' I repeated. "'It was the one phrase in the new goddess's tongue "'that didn't twist in my mouth. "'Precisely,' Selina said, "'favoring me with another of her false smiles. "'We've rights to a judge's ear before we swing,' I reminded her. "'And last I checked, self-defense was a hanging offense.' Self-defense, Selina snorted. You were caught surrounded by dead bodies, pistol in hand. That hardly seems like self-defense. Looks can be deceiving, I said. They can indeed, said a new voice. A man in a powdered wig marched out of the stacks behind Selina. His naturally tan skin, somewhat pale from lack of direct sunlight, looked paler still beneath the blood-red robes he wore. That's why, he said, as he settled himself into the back chair behind the cataloging table. It requires the judiciary to sift through the evidence to sort, he gestured towards the stacks with a flick of his hand, fact from fiction, as it were. You did say you wanted a judge's ear, Selina said, that small and sipid smile catching the edges of her lips. Do you know why Sir Vence criminal's buck? Because Rotting Bodies sends a message, I said. That's part of it, the female imperial officer beside Selina said. Given that she'd brought the murder weapon in, she was likely the one giving the orders when we were captured, damn her. Her plumed helm turned her into some anonymous, grim defender of justice, the executioner to the judge's judicial pronouncements. The other part is that it's cheaper to hang them than it is to shoot them, the judge added. But the Panagos Trading Company isn't so cheap, Selina said. You can't hold a trial in here, Eld protested. Oh, but we can, Selina said. Court is in session, the judge pronounced, his lips thinning in the vaguest suggestion of a smile. He produced a gavel from his robes and wrapped the table thrice. The Honorable Judge Cochran presiding. The sound of the guard cocking his musket was loud in the silence. And that's the end of chapter one. Nice. (laughs) So
0: So is that your first author reading that you've done for your book?
1: That is. So you, uh, you're the inaugural
0: reader. (laughs) Awesome. Um, so I guess, um, what are you doing, I guess, to prepare for your debut considering author events and stuff are kind of canceled. I mean, obviously stuff like this, but I guess, what are the things are you, uh, are you getting into to try to pimp your book before it comes out?
1: Yeah. Yeah. it's a good question. Um, So doing a lot of stuff like this, Uh, I'm going to be at Balticon next week, uh, which would have been great in person. I love Baltimore, but um, they're going to be doing virtual. And I think it's free for everyone. So if you weren't planning on going to the con, you could totally just show up online and hang out. Um, I should tell you the panel times, but I don't have them off the top of my head. I think uh, I'm definitely Saturday at noon and then Sunday at 8 p.m. I'm doing another reading. Um, so if, you know, folks want to tune in there, they can. Um, and then I think I have a, I think I have a panel Monday afternoon at like 12 or two or something like that. I'll throw it up, um, on my website and on Twitter, but, uh, doing that, um, you know, tour has been really great with this. I think actually all the publishers have been really, you know, responding as well as they can in in kind of current events. Uh, so I think there's going to be a couple more of these types of events lined up. Uh, I'm taking over their Instagram page on July 14th, which is the week before the book comes out. going to do kind of a another reading like this. And um, I think the idea is like you show up with cocktails and just hang out and chat. So hopefully folks will tune into that. Um, otherwise I think it's mostly the standard stuff. Like they've been sending my books out places. Uh, I've been really lucky. I got a couple of good reviews from um, Kirkus and uh, book list and publishers weekly and some of the trades and stuff like that and starting to see some some books to grammars, which put my instagram uh my Instagram food a shame because like <laughs> if I get a picture in there that's centered i 'm happy, and then like somebody shows up and they had the one had like tea and this like dagger and like all these other things in the book if you read it, and it was like perfect filter, and yeah, so yeah, so that sort of stuff, but um you know the huge
0: <laughs> Yeah, I got to yeah, I know um. You know, we were—I was talking to the, the panel on the self pub versus you know indie or the self pub and trade pub, and you know we were talking about how some ways that uh, I guess like book recommendations are starting to be more of like Bookstagram and uh, BookTube and stuff like that, which is literally like people just put a gorgeous picture of a book on there and people are like, I have to buy that, you know, and they, you know, they may not have any idea what the book is about, but they see that book and they're like instant. And so yeah, that's that's kind of great that you're you know starting to get that kind of stuff out there, uh, you know, on top of you know, and I've seen tour you know on, on Twitter and stuff, just I mean, pimping the heck out of your book, so it's been it's been pretty awesome to watch. Um, so, uh, what was I going to say? I Man, I know we had a podcast chat. Um, mm-hmm. I can't, I don't even know like how time works anymore. I don't remember how long ago it was. I mean, it's been weeks for sure. Uh, But uh, I guess, uh, have you had any other kind of like interviews like that? Or is it really just been social media trying to, you know, get some more readers, getting galleys out and stuff like that?
1: Yeah. So, um, I, I, said that at the beginning, I think after you walked off, oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we talked and I was like, I think it's last month, but it could have been three years ago because time is meaningless at this point. It really
0: is. I mean, I'm surprised I remember today was Saturday.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm going to do, I'm going to be on a couple more podcasts. I think we're lining this up right now. Uh, and you know, some of the other ones that are out there. Um, and uh i think that you know there's a couple of couple of potential interviews that they're going to have um there's this thing going around right now where they kind of have like authors interviewing authors and so i think Tor is trying to set up a couple of those um my publicist Kara is amazing but like literally i'll shoot her an email and say hey i was thinking this and she'll be like yeah i was thinking this plus like these five other things and i'm like oh that's perfect that's why you're the public and uh i am not So yeah, so I'll definitely be out there over the next two months. Hopefully folks don't get annoyed with me, but uh, you know, there's so much going on. And then like, I think it's this combination of some folks are like really tuned in because they have nothing else to do. And then some are like, so over like Twitter, like being online because it's just a lot to handle. They're kind of checking out. So it's like, I think if we can find the readers, we'll be good because Publishers Weekly just said last month sales were up like 14% for adult fiction. because Folks need an escape, so right. that's what we're trying to provide. But yeah, it's like, can you find the audience when you know people can't go to their bookstore and find you on the shelf?
0: And, exactly, and it's
1: a good
0: yeah. And, and I can imagine people are, you know, especially those who I guess aren't already used to having a large presence on social media, that they're that's kind of now how they're finding their entertainment. And they're like, this is this is a lot. A lot. <laughs> and, I, and I find myself doing that on Twitter, like, I'll, I'll post every now and then, like, I say, every now and then, I'll post probably every day. But most of it's been the promotion for this con. But like I find myself just getting overwhelmed on Twitter. Like I think I follow too many people. Yeah. And I just get to the point where like, okay, I obviously can't keep up with everybody. I've got to tune in to just a few things. And I mean, it, it, it's getting to the point where I'm like, you know, I think I might just like take a week off from social media and just veg and actually maybe have an opportunity to read because it, it has been low in between for the past two months. And I don't know if it's a headspace thing or what. Yeah,
1: it's it's hard. I mean, I, um, I kind of go in spurts where I'll be on like hard for a few days and I'm retweeting stuff constantly. And if you're following me, you're probably like, wow, what's Ryan doing? And then uh, and then I'll go for days at a time where like I'm barely on just because it, it does become a lot. Um, I mean, I think author and like book Twitter and like fan Twitter is actually a really good safe space and people are really encouraging and like generally pretty nice controversy inside. Uh, but the rest of Twitter, you know, like trying to keep up with the news and everything else. It's a lot.
0: It's mostly just depressing anyway. So you kind of it, want to tune it out.
1: <laughs> it, I mean, the reality is that we're in here for the long haul. And so exactly. Um, I've actually been reading a lot uh, over the past couple of weeks. Like I'm Jealous. doing a file reread to get ready for that. Cause I haven't read those in years. Um, have you been able, I know last time we talked, you said you were having trouble like, like reading or right? have you been able to get
0: back into it? Uh, Let's see. I finished a couple of audiobooks last week. Um, I did I only I think well I finished Kingdom of Liars and, and read wrote uh, a review for it. Um because like it like literally was coming out like next day. And then I just finished The Girl in the Stars by Mark Lawrence. I mean it it's not because of the book, but it took me two weeks to finish it. That is a book I should have finished in two days. Yeah. But I would start listening to it and then I would get into work. And I would just, come, and it, it would go for like four or five hours. And I'm like, I, I don't know what, and that happened every single day. And then I finally got to one day where I had nothing else going on. And I just that you know, just went straight through it. So yeah, I, I haven't actually read anything. Um, Stormblood is still sitting at 25% and Jeremy's all is going to kill me because I told him <laughs> I was going to have it finished. Uh, but luckily it doesn't come out for like almost a month. So I still got some time. Uh, yeah. And then send is probably next because, you know, I've got till July. But I still want to get it because Caroline was so nice to send me an early copy. So I feel (laughs) feel kind of bad I haven't gotten to it. Um, But, yeah, I, I I think now that I'm through like a full week of work training because we had Zoom calls for I would say about 24 to 30 hours that week. Uh, and I just couldn't, I couldn't start my Kindle. Like, I it got old. And today, it's probably going to keep me from looking at my Kindle tomorrow because I've been looking at my computer for nine hours now, 10 hours. I mean,
1: oh, totally. what, what is time
0: anymore? uh But, uh but yeah, I, I think I think reading will come back, but it's probably not going to be till Monday. Yeah. No,
1: I hear you. I mean, I think it's it's variable, it's individual. Like, I've talked to some people who are reading constantly. And then I've talked to others who just can't even crack a page. So I think we're all just dealing with it as best we can. Yeah.
0: And, and it's not even, I, I I don't want to sound like the, the pandemic's like not affecting me. Cause I mean, it is. And you know, my wife and I are expecting a baby and we're still trying to prep for that. And like, what's it going to be like in a month? And we know it's still going to be terrible, you know, in a sense, but like, I think like being at home all day, it sounds great on paper. Because you're like, oh, I can catch up on all this stuff. And I think I did for like the first couple of weeks. Yeah. And then I'm just like, I am sick and tired of being home. <laughs> and I never thought I'd say that. I was like, you know, retirement does not sound that great. <laughs> well, I think it's like
1: different if you could retire and then like go places.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Like- I mean, we, we get to like escape to the lake every weekend, but – I mean, I, I come here and like starting at like six thirty on Monday, all the way till probably six o'clock PM on Friday, it's work, 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 I mean, there's no no stopgap. And so the only escapism I get is my wife and I watch a couple episodes of Great British Bake Off, which we've already watched like ten times. Uh, because it's just like easy and the music is softening as like, oh, I think I'm gonna go to sleep now.
1: <laughs> so we just got into that. Um Oh my gosh, it's so great. Oh, I think two weeks ago, and we've only watched like three seasons. I think we're on season four right now. And every season, they always find like the nicest people. Like there's nobody mm-hmm. who's rude. They're all like, I'm rooting for all of them at the end. Like whenever, whoever wins, I'm like, oh, I wish they all won. Like, I don't know how <laughs> to do it. But it is like the best show for pandemic time. So if anybody's watched, yeah. you haven't watched that yet. That's what you need to watch
0: really yeah because uh and what's funny is we we watched that like that's kind of like our go to bed show like i said because we've already seen it so many times but uh we watched like making a murderer because we hadn't watched it i know we're like five years behind and then we watched uh i think it's the trials of is it the trials or the case of gabriel fernandez you know the the little boy in los angeles that like basically just got lost in the system um And so we watched like super depressing stuff in the middle of the pandemic which is super depressing so i keep telling my wife i was like we gotta watch something happy in the next month or like i don't know being in a hospital is gonna like ruin us so yeah um, oh man but all right so i know you're coming up on a panel in like seven minutes so uh we'll go ahead and knock it here but Thanks okay. for agreeing to read. Uh, and I'll see you again in like seven minutes. <laughs> awesome, Thanks for having me. I'll talk to you Absolutely. soon. Absolutely. Right. Awesome. Thanks. Yep.